Welcome to another edition of the Green Beige Podcast. As always, that is AJ. He is the green. I am Ken. I am the beige. And we are welcoming you again to another edition of our Green Beige Podcast. Now, welcoming again for I don't even know the how many of time, friend and family of the show, Ricky Nurse. How's it going, my brother? I am good, gentlemen. Good to be here. Good to be here. All See right. You, Rick. And we have a brand new guest, Mr. Mark Thompson. I've been told that, Mr. Thompson, you are a Giants fan. Is that correct? Yes, unfortunately so right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. I love it. So I was actually told that you, well, and this is um, off the rip. We are going to get started right away because... We have quite a few things that we want to touch on today. Um, so, Mark, I was told that you're not just a Giants fan, but that you are mainly a New York sports fan. So that includes the Knicks. I don't know why you do that to yourself. The Mets. I'm seeing a theme here. And then we, of course, you know, the West Indies um, cricket team. So, Mark, how did you happen across, well, first <laughs> off, the Mets when they're the Yankees in town. And then, you know, with the rest of your New York fandom, how did that come to be? Yeah, well, I mean, yes, a lot of Giants fans typically are Yankee fans. Um, but there are some that are Mets fans, depending on when you came to the table. So like in 1984, I, I went up to New York to study. And I, I lived and I studied in New York for seven years, between 84 to 91. So the Mets won the championship in 1986. Right. So um, also the Giants won in 1986 and 1990. So when I first came to New York, I had some familiarity with football, uh, you know, Joe Montana and the 49ers and all that. And um, and then I started getting football. I mean, you, you couldn't help it, you know, uh, and then start to understand the game. I had a, a roommate who was into football, so he started to teach me little bits and pieces of the game. And uh, it, I, I, I loved it ever since. And uh, so because of, the, of, of, of how well the Mets did at that time and the kind, of, uh, the kind of team that they had, I mean, they had a strong batting and pitching lineup. I mean, David Cohn uh, pitching at number three and, you know, and you had Daryl Strawberry back in cleanup and, and, and Johnson down at six. And, you know, I mean, they had a strong batting lineup. I mean, they were an excellent team. So even though they only won one championship at six, they were really a successful team around that time. Yeah. Okay. I understand. So, AJ, I, I've noticed a theme before two esteemed guests. Mm-hmm. Both of them have studied in New York, and somehow they came out on the opposite sides of the coin. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. Yeah, it's interesting. I like it, though. That's a, it's an interesting dynamic, though. Very much so. And these are our two resident draft experts this week's episode is called looking ahead and that is what we're going to do because not too long ago just within the last two weeks we had the nfl combine and of course we know that the combine does impact on what happens with the draft but before we get into combine and picks and all that stuff i'm going to ask you mark as this is your first time here with us when you're looking at the draft right well, before I do that, let me just help to set the table. 
So every year, the NFL holds a draft where, out of the pool of thousands of college players, a maximum of 259 players are selected into the league. And perceptions range as far as the pick numbers from franchise savior or can't miss player at number one overall to Mr. Irrelevant at pick 259. Each team starts with seven picks, one per round, and then through trades and transactions, they can acquire more picks or have less picks. Also, through sanctions, they can lose picks. What is definite is that whatever the ordering of the teams and the picks are at the time of this recording, it will not be what it is now on April 28th, as there are expected deals like Deshaun Watson, and then there'll be others that will come out of left field both before and during the draft. Now, each team has their own big board of players and positions, and the draft pundits also create their own big, board, big boards, looking at team needs and trying to determine who will be the player to fill them. Other teams have a history of picking the best player available, but what is definitely needed is to have a pretty wide understanding of the college game to project who goes where. Now, admittedly, I don't have that. So that is where now you two gentlemen come in. So Mark, what is the method you use to determine who gets drafted when and where? Right. So I am not a big college fan, believe it or not. I do watch some college games come down to the end. But what I tend to do, I, I tend to be all into the uh, NFL. But when the season is coming to an end, I then start to get in to watching like uh, the the last set of college games, checking to see what teams are 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 are, are important. Um, definitely, what players are key, and then I start listening listening to different. Um, let's say draft outlets like the draft network or pro football network and and then i start to triangulate so i also i, I usually start basically of, of course from the perspective of the giants like what do the giants need but in doing that you get to learn about all of the players going down the line so um so doing this now actually forces me to kind of like broaden that scope because I'm, I may be, I, I would focus in on the Giants, but even when you're focusing on Giants, you get to understand uh, who the top corners are, who the top offensive linemen are, and you and you go and you go down the line. So that's how I do it. I tend to try. Like obviously, um, I am not there um, uh, watching every piece of tape of everyone, but let's say I might get like a, a bunch of names, and, and based on my triangulation or quadrangulation or whatever you call it um basically i then say okay these are some players to look at and i'll start to look at some of them and through the years as i've, I've done that i get to understand a little bit better about what the traits are and uh, what to look for and so forth like let's say for instance for argument um offensive linemen like their stats like what's their movement is it first forward is it first back especially centers um how wide is their stance how, how the timing of their punching um you know all those kinds of things and uh and also their their their, their pad levels and, and all that sort of thing so you start to get a little feel for what to look for and, and that's it understood well will you ricky how do you go about assessing your draft board i always tell people when you have a bad nfl team 
This is yeah. This is the period of season that you get excited about. I'm convinced of that. So I I've been into it from the college game. Um, I think fantasy football probably influenced me as well because it made me say, you know what, I really need to have a clue about some of these players when they're coming out. And then you start to get because of the content and just because of the the way. And I commend the NFL for this. The way they're able to make themselves relevant all through the year. I then start to consume so much content that I became like, all right, let me start to filter this out. Let me not just be listening to this for the sake of this name. And you start to see it. I mean, I like to tease AJ about Nikhil Harry, but you see when a team does something like that, how it can make you feel like, okay, this particular position group on the team is their problem. And if you find yourself two years in, three years in, still saying this is a problem, you start to question the talent evaluation of, you know, of your tribe, so to speak. So that's what made me start to get into it because I started to say, you know what? The Steelers are good at this. The Saints are good at that. This team doesn't miss on this particular position. Why is that? And I started to, to and that searching for that why is how I decided to get into, into this side of it. Understood. Well, like I said, I don't, I don't get to watch a lot of the college games. So I really don't know Except for the names that you hear all of the time. I don't know right. who these guys are coming out of college. But similar to what you said, Mark, this is what I that is how I kind of approach the draft. Like I'll look at the Saints and I'll be like, okay, so the Saints have a deficiency at X position and they also don't have any money because that is the annual cry of the Saints that we don't have any money. So then I'm looking to say, okay, well, maybe we need to get like we just lost our starting free safety. So maybe now that's a position that the Saints have to consider. And, you know, there are other... I can't do that for all of the teams in the league. I mean, I probably could. Like, as we go through the season, you know, we always could say, well, like, this team's wide receiver room is trash or Mm -hmm. they don't have any running backs, etc. But when we come down now to to the time now where we're supposed to be saying, well, okay, so maybe they'll try to draft are running back. I can say, okay, maybe they'll look for a back, but I can't give you a name. I don't have yeah. a name. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, AJ? What do you do? So, I am not as in-depth as these guys. I'm kind of in the middle of the draft experts that we have here and yourself, Ken. I, I would take in a few games here and there, but my knowledge of the players, I would say, comes it's like a mixture of taking in a few games, especially closer to the end of the college season and uh, some bowl games here and there. And um, not just the draft outlets, but the football outlets. But the draft outlets as well, especially when it comes down to that business end um, of the offseason, right? And um, for me, like you, can I, I tend to... If I'm looking at well, like the needs, like how I got into it, um, I, I, I would say that for me, it was like the same thing, like trying to figure out what my team needs, right? <laughs> However, we all know, <laughs> we all know that when it comes to the draft, I've lost a lot of faith in, in the past. So for me, I, I tend not to focus on um, our drafting itself, especially when it comes to offensive players, I should say. I just kind of leave it be and then I'll complain afterwards. But um, in the grand scheme of things, I, 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 I just try to get a bit more um, in tune, like 
a bit more informed on a few players. Right. So there are a few players who every now and then I would be high on coming out of college because I watched a little bit more of them. I heard a little bit more, you know, did some research on them. And, and it just so hard. That's kind of why they end up becoming my guys. A la Justin Herbert. So, go. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, just stuff like that. So I, I would love to one day get to these guys level, but I'm still working on it. And I, I feel like I need my team to be better at drafting before I can <laughs> <laughs> and have that basis before, um, before I can, and can get to that level. But that's another story for another day. Let's um, move on rather sharply, but that's some before good insight though, guys. If I want, before you say that, I was going to say mm -hmm. that the, 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 you said your team, you need, your team needs to get better at drafting before you can get better. Well, I can tell you because my team has been so bad at drafting, that's probably why I'm more into it because the team has been really bad at drafting. Oh my God. And for a long time too. A long time, more than no, longer than people think. <laughs> it's fair. I, Ricky, Ricky mentioned Nikhil Harry, right? Because we were on the call that night when that young fellow was drafted, and I was not pleased whatsoever. There was there was at least one other name I was calling for, and I was not pleased with that pick. But again, um, you could say that name. The man was calling for DK Metcalf. Well, I, was, was, I was calling for DK. I was calling that for DK. Leave, that would sting for us quite something. Yes, I was yes, calling for DK. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Anyhow, now we have an Aguilar. So, like I said, let's move on. <laughs> so, as, as Ken mentioned before, though, there were a lot of trades that were made recently. And I, I would say most notably was Russell Wilson being traded from Seattle to Ken's current hometown of Denver and the Broncos. So, then there's also, if y'all are pretty sure y'all saw the news today about Randy Gregory. Um, Former Dallas Cowboy who apparently had agreed, <laughs> who apparently had agreed with them, but then, you know, reneged on that deal. And he's also heading over to Denver. So how do these moves and, and any other moves that, that we've seen take place so far, how do, how would they affect um, the draft going forward, the team's outlook at the draft, at their particular draft boards going forward? Um, well, I mean... It, well, I think these kind of moves, especially with the quarterbacks, is telling you what everyone really thinks of the draft and the quarterbacks in this draft. Um, they're telling you, you know, these quarterbacks, we don't know about them. And as you see the, the, the trades happen and the teams started to, to get quarterbacks on board that they, that they wanted, they trust, and they, they've given up the farm for like, 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 like Denver. Um, it's changing the draft board. So let's say Giants at five and seven, who might have been thinking that they may have possible uh, uh, trade partners. I don't really see it. If you actually go down the line now and you and and you see, let's say you, you actually look at it and you say, Jags has a quarterback, Lions needs a quarterback, Texans needs a quarterback, but they're before the Giants. Jets has a quarterback, Giants has a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> um, Panthers certainly need a quarterback. So you, if you, so in other words, if you're the Seahawks at nine, you probably don't need to trade up. Mm -hmm. You can probably stay right there and get your quarterback. In fact, because the Commanders have done what they've they've done, but people say they they might still trade for one. Um, even someone like um, the Saints, 
if they want to get a quarterback, can wait at 18, stand pat, and see what happens. So I'm not sure you're going to see a lot of movement. I could be wrong, but I don't I don't think so. Yeah. Interesting. All right, what about you, Rick? Yeah, I think the, the movement would have to come now from players and free agency saying, this is where I want to go. So the Denver example, I like that because it reminds me of the Tampa Bay example with Brady. Players want to play on that team. They have a lot more confidence. They have a lot more belief that this team can go places. So I think Russell Wilson and Denver, they're that team so far for the offseason. Mm -hmm. um, it may help them in free agency. It may help them with a the player taking a little less money off the top to be there and be a part of a potential Super Bowl run, if that becomes the narrative. So I think that's where they help the teams. But at any day, those teams still have to plug holes via the draft. But I, I, I do support the thinking that the Randy Gregory move tells me that there's a lot more confidence going on as it relates to the Denver Broncos mm -hmm. with Russell Wilson with Russell Wilson in in town. If if I was if I was Dallas, I'd be so pissed about that Randy oh, Gregory. Yeah, some Dallas fans are pissed. I was just at the barbershop today. You know, <laughs> oh, Mark, I don't know if you know it. Like, cool. Yeah, I, I live in Dallas. Yes. Oh, you live in Dallas? Okay. Yeah. I mean, you have so to be, he, because I mean... You got the best two guys right now. One man, one man in Denver and one in Dallas. Best players to beat. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, if, I mean, I mean, Ronnie Ruggery, we know the issues he had. And Dallas stood by him. Uh, I don't know what the language in the contract is that he didn't want him. Mm. But, I mean, you mean they couldn't work it out? Maybe it's the fact, as Ricky alluded to, Denver may be the place to be. Yeah. So, hey, I find a thing, I find a reason, and I just go along to Denver where, where I think I could win a ring. NBA players do it all the time. Yeah. What for me is really interesting, especially about that whole Randy Gregory situation. <clears throat> and this is just as an aside. Um, Randy Gregory, the 17 million, I think it was 17 million, um, mm -hmm. like 40 million guaranteed yes. that he was going to get in Dallas, because he got the identical contract here in Denver. Mm -hmm. 70 million in Dallas is not 70 million in Denver. 70 million in Dallas is 70 million dollars. Over here, we got some income tax. So <laughs> he's willing to pay taxes to get out of Dallas. <laughs> so that 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 is something that you know, that's actually a very, very salient point. Yeah, he's willing to pay taxes. To get out of Dallas to come to Denver. So I mean that that I guess is a feather in the cap of of the Broncos. But as you were mentioning, Mark, when I look at the, the trades that have happened so far and the, the trades that we know are going to come as well. Yes, the quarterbacks in this current draft, like we've been I've been hearing that pretty much all season long, that the quarterbacks in this draft are not considered to be. The, the creme de la creme. They're not supposed to be that good. They're going to be good players, but they're not going to be considered to be like, you're not forecasting them to be pro bowlers. You're not forecasting mm -hmm. them to be Hall of Famers. Like what we were hearing last, is it last yeah. season? With yeah. Trevor Lawrence, who right. was the can't miss quarterback. Right. right. So now we're looking at these, at these youngsters and it happens every draft season though. We have players whose names we have not heard and then all of a sudden 
the media starts to push them. And even though there are no first round talent in the quarterback pool, sooner or later, somebody is going to be considered to be the first overall pick of this draft. It happens every year. And then it's likely that there's also going to be somebody, a la Justin Fields, who was touted to be a decent player or a good player, maybe even one of the best quarterbacks in the draft. And then all of a sudden, he's done absolutely nothing but sit at his house and wait for the draft to come. And you didn't see him sliding down these boards. I... I honestly, because I don't pay enough attention, I guess, to the to the draft process, that's why it is difficult then for me to say like, how fair it is. I just think that when you have analysts whose job is to analyze, but they do less analysis and more picking on feeling, like what I'm doing, and that affects the guy's draft stock, it... It bothers me. I don't know how it is for you guys. Yeah, I I would tend to agree. I think the challenge is the machinery behind this process. Uh, there's there's so many livelihoods, there's so many networks, so much content creators vested in this that the machine is what keeps it alive. Because again, even in preparing for this show, I was able to go on to some you know, to some YouTube channels of individuals just like us that have their other day jobs, but they are making a livelihood now out of just focusing on this. I'm not even talking Max Shea and Mel Kuyper level now, but because people are so interested in any little bit of information they can get on talent and if it can translate into something positive for their teams, the machinery now has made this a lot more relevant than it ever was. I even laughed the other day when they said they're going to move from Indianapolis and they're going to decide where they're going to have it. I said, you know what? The NFL realized how big this is. They can now package this. And the same way they, the Super Bowl travels and they sell it to a city and all the bells and whistles come with it and they sell it to sponsors, they can now do it for this process. So the nuance and the, and the intricacies of the process, I agree with you, Ken. I think it's very flawed but the machinery i believe is going to make sure that it continues to live a good life because too many too many people making money now off of this process alone yeah so it's yeah for sure i mean everybody's got their own agenda right but i mean um like the moving the combine a lot of people are not in favor of moving the combine from indianapolis they they probably i suspect they will get one more year but it will move because it's it just has to move because you're gonna give every every city a chance to 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 do it. I mean, in Indianapolis, the, the quaintness of it that you could walk from one part of town to the next part of town, and you don't have to get in a taxi or anything like that. And you get so they what the two two vying for it was what Dallas and I don't remember the other 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 place Dallas and someplace else completely different uh, uh, settings, right? But it's gonna move. And yeah. it's, it's in order to monetize and really like okay the players um complain that they have to wait around until the evening time to do the events that people want to see and the reason obviously is because it's prime time right mm -hmm. but i mean so you have a gap between when the players are, are doing the interviews and all sorts of other things and the time when they actually have to perform and they don't like it 
Um, but it's an event and it must be on prime time. So it's so how we, you know, we, the players don't, they don't really like it at all. <laughs> so it's very interesting. Very interesting. It's just another product that can be packaged and sold and it will be packaged and sold. Of course. Now, as you guys made mention of the combine, you especially, Mark, um, the combine, it recently came and went. And this is where many of the players who are expected to be high picks usually get to show off their wares, while others who are in the bubble and haven't really nailed where they're you know, most likely to go and come and try to stake a claim for themselves. And, of course, then there are the others who... Again, the generational talents, the biggest and best and brightest of the lot, tend to skip it because, you know, what's the point? So when we look at the combine, you know, there are lots of names that really stood out from this year's combine. So who were the biggest movers and shakers at the combine this year? Biggest movers and shakers. I mean, the, the, the well, let me first say, the name of this combine was Speed. I mean, Speed Galore. I mean, every, I mean the numbers that people are putting up. So I was wondering, well, what's causing that speed? Like, what's the, what's the reason for that? Apparently, there's a new turf in Indianapolis, a brand new turf. So that has obviously increased the speed of, 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 of the track running, right? So that, that is one big thing. Um, let me before i say who benefits let's say let's let me just think about a couple that maybe didn't benefit like are dropping like like kyle hamilton for instance uh he is he is one who has come up with the combine with his stock lower than when he went into the combine now if you watch his tape and everything you say oh this guy is off the charts he can cover um, a lot, you know, in terms of uh, moving side to side as a safety and all that and being down in the box and, and all that sort of thing. But he didn't run as fast as they thought he was going to run. Um, he didn't do the, uh, like the tricone uh, drill as quickly as they thought that he would do it. Um, so he came out of the company, some people thinking, wondering whether or not he's really a safety at NFL level. So some wow. people are even saying things like, um, Maybe he should be a uh, uh, outside line as outside linebacker, as ridiculous mm -hmm. as that sounds, right? Now, this is the problem sometimes when you the, when you give the combine such a weighting that you forget what you saw on tape with this player. Now, it's now that doesn't mean that the drills are irrelevant. But it just might mean there may be some particular reason why. I mean, obviously, let's say, for instance, if you are offensive lineman or defensive lineman and you run a fast um, 40, 40 meter, you know, dash, is that really relevant? 40 yards, sorry, in their case. Is that really relevant? No, maybe the 10 yard split is relevant. The 40 yard split is irrelevant, really, quite frankly. Who the hell is running down the field uh, for 40 yards? Is it? I mean, you know, nobody's doing that. So so you have to really sort of pick out and see, um, you know, what drills and what part of the drills are really important for some, you know, for edge rushers, you know, running around. I call it the figure eight, where you run around the two circles and the bend and how low you get when you drop and you don't lose your footing and that sort of thing. And that's really important for edge rusher com uh, coming around the end trying to run around a tackle or anything of that nature so 
things like that I think are 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 are, are more important. But say the, the corners, um, a lot of the corners, they there's people like um um what's his name? It's uh, I got his name written down here. Uh, 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 it's a cornerback. Um, Liam, I think it's and games with a Liam. Oh, Kair Elam. You know, Lord. he he yeah yeah he came out of the he came out of the, the combine. You know, a little more a little more noticeable. Uh, Trayvon Walker, um, edge rusher. He came out of the combine. He tested off the charts. Um, he came out of the combine a little more noticeable. Um, some people notice him from before. Some people want to make the argument that, um, let's say, in Georgia, they have you know such a strong defensive team that uh, Jermaine Johnson, for instance, who left Georgia and went to Florida and, uh, and performed so well, they want to make the argument that maybe Absolutely. if Trayvon Walker had done something like that, maybe he would return the kind of numbers that Jermaine Johnson did. So there, so you, so a lot of these things are projection. Because you don't really know, you know, you get to point is you know projection. Um, Aiden Hutchinson, I'm not sure that um, he just sort of like stood pat. Um, he didn't perform really great on that figure eight, but he did, but he did perform well. But he didn't perform like overly ordinary. But again, people don't seem like that. I see him. I was telling Ricky, I see him like a like as like a JJ Watt. Just mm. just study, just study. Like I mean, not nothing really flashy, but work so hard and so relentless that you you know that he's just gonna get it done. And you know, eventually that that will work for a time because he doesn't have the 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 um, natural physical traits of let's say a, a, a Thibodeau. Um but you know, but he, but for sure, he's going to be very consistent and so forth. So you got to know what you want coming out of coming out of the draft. Thibodeau, there's a big question mark with him. Um, I would say naturally he's the most gifted as rusher in the draft for sure, in my opinion, anyway. But there's lots of talk about him um, thinking that he's arrived, thinking he's arrived, right? There's a lot of talk about that. And um, and what shocked me was that he was making a comparison to existing NFL player, and he made a comparison to Jadavian Clowney. And I'm thinking to myself, that's like the worst comparison you could possibly make. <laughs> because because Jadavian Clowney had all these questions about him in the draft. It was, was he better than Khalil Mack, Khalil better than him? And you can see from Jadavian Clowney's um, career, He's never really lived up to that billing. So mm -hmm. Thibodeau is really, really naturally gifted and good. Mm -hmm. But the question is, is whether he's going to take the coaching and whether he's going to um, perform at, 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 at a level that you think that he could reach. Will he reach his potential? So those are some thoughts uh, about about some people in the draft. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Ricky? Who called the combine? Uh, one, Trayvon Walker, Georgia, for sure. Um, Trevor Penning, um, offensive tackle, definitely moving up. I, I, I'm sure of it. Um, got that nastiness that a lot of teams like in a position that a lot of teams need. Um, I think there's a young man, Christian Watson. Not only did he test well, 
but he also performed well at Pro Bowl. He was one of the shining stars of the Pro Bowl. Running back. Senior Bowl, sorry. Uh, running back, Damian Pierce out of Florida. Um, tested well and did well at, at the Senior Bowl as well. So those are those are some that, that came to mind um, in terms of players that not, you know, the, the brand name players that you expect. We expected Garrett Wilson to run fast and he did. We expected Chris Olave to run fast. And he did. But those ones, those are the kind of ones that I look at because those are the ones, like what you were saying earlier, Ken, that may move up the board mm-hmm. or they may be a day, they may be a, a third-round player that moves into the second round on the basis of that. So, yeah, I would go with those. What I will note, though, is that neither of us mentioned the quarterback. And, and I wanted to ask you all about that. It's been years that we've come into yeah. something like this and not mentioned the quarterback. Even if you listen to the content that's out there, whether it's the major networks, whether it's uh, people in the YouTube space, they're mm-hmm. not dedicating content to quarterbacks. I always know because when I see a prompt appear on my phone and I look at the headline, it is always mm-hmm. a defensive star, an offensive tackle, mm-hmm. or Brees Hall or one of the wide receivers. Nobody puts together content analyzing these quarterbacks, and that alone speaks volumes. I did have a question I wanted to ask you guys about that, though. Um, so, y'all said he did. Well, you, Ricky, said that you did, like, some of the more um, unknown names, right? However, I want to ask about a known name, and he is a QB, because I've been seeing reports. Now, I, I did not watch the combine. I, I did not. I, I only, like, basically checked out um, reports that were coming out afterwards. But I've just been seeing, I, I've, I've seen enough, it feels like to me, to suggest right. that one Malik Willis actually helped his draft stock at the Combine. I, again, I said I hadn't seen anything, but since you guys are here, I'm going to take advantage. I want to hear your thoughts. If you have any thoughts on Malik Willis, did he help or hurt? Because it seems to me, like, like I said, from what I've read, he more so helped it and no... Um, like one or two places, one or two um, mm-hmm. outlets I've seen uh, projecting him to go at least like no, at number nine to the Seahawks. And, and I don't think he was a, a top 10 before. I don't think he was being touted as top 10 before. So I want to know what you guys think, if you do have any thoughts on how his combine went and did he help or hurt himself? He didn't hurt himself, um, for sure. Um, it, I guess it depends on how you look at it. Did he help himself? I suppose you could say that, but I think he started helping himself from the senior bowl. That's that. So I so when he came into the combine, he already had a little bit of momentum coming into the combine. And uh, what what I think was more the talk at the combine was that because um, people can see he can throw the ball, he has the talent. There's yeah, no doubt about yeah. it. Um, but he. But people were more saying that how good he was in the interviews. He was, um, you know, he he was commanding. You know, he seemed to know what he was talking about, and that's very important, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. Though that's the part, mm-hmm. and that's why you. you and in, in general, you hear about quarterbacks who come in, but not as much. You t- they tend to be. You tend to more want to focus on their pro day as opposed to the combine. Right. But okay. but that was what was happening with him, and a lot of good positive talk about him. So I suppose in a sense he raised his stock in the combine because of the interview part. Um, I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective, but now that you've forced me to answer the question, 
I guess, um, yeah, I mean, he definitely raised his stock from that aspect of it. I mean, but at the end of the day, the quarterback, you know, it, it comes, I mean, besides the arm talent, it's going to come down to between here. And, um, and, and when I saw him, I, and, and the thing is to, in the senior bowl, people tend to put more emphasis on the practice sessions than the actual game. Mm-hmm. So he was more impressive with the in in the practices. Now when I watch the game, and I still think I still think the game is important. <laughs> so because you because it's it's happening right there and then, right? And when I watch the actual game, I was not as impressed, in my opinion. I I, I, I still see somebody who if he can't get it, he's gonna take off and run the ball. That's how I see it. Now that doesn't mean that it must remain that way. But it means that he's a kind of a project at the end of the day. Okay. That's that's what it that's what it is. They have two quarterbacks, in my opinion, that that probably fit that more are more ready than anybody else. Pickett. Pickett and people, Pickett. and the other name I'm gonna mention, a lot of people are not mentioning him, but I think I think he's actually good. It's Ritter, Desmond Ritter. I actually okay. think that that he is that he's pretty ready. I I like the feel of him. I'm not suggesting by any means he's a he's a, a, a second round guy in my opinion. Okay. But, but but I think that there's something there, you know. But I'll let Ricky t- um, talk about you know what he thought. Yeah, all imaging. Um, one of the things that helped, <laughs> believe it or not, was a act of kindness by Malik Willis, where he was giving some shirts that he had. To a homeless person, that went viral. Um, so yeah, it really saw that, is a, con- a content control thing as well. Again, like Mark said, as a quarterback, you do something like that after showing that you are strong here, that stuff goes viral now. So I always look at it from the marketing perspective as well, because I'm like, yeah, some of these guys, some of these <laughs> guys it, already huh? are <laughs> better than anyone ever did before. So that I. I would give him that and like everything else. They may, they may all be projects right now, but some of them are learning the, the game better than others right now. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, so that, that was the combine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Underwear Olympics, as they say, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the guy, George, um, What's his name, Jordan? What's Jordan's last name? The the DT defensive tackle, mm-hmm. Jordan Davis. Right, Davis. Yeah, I mean he just. I mean the guy is like three hundred and forty pounds, and he's running a sub five um, uh, uh, forty yard dash. I mean it's crazy. I mean, six foot what seven or whatever he is. I mean that's crazy af- athleticism. You know, I mean, crazy. Agreed. So now, after we've completed um, the combine, now we then look towards the draft. So for the draft, we have the Jaguars who are picking first for the second year in a row. We have, yeah, (laughs) which is definitely not good. Then we have a team like the Jets who have... Um, nine picks in total and four in the first two rounds. So let's let's take a walk through the draft. Let's play GMs who are making some picks. 
So, AJ, I'll, I'll let you introduce the first pick. All right. All right, guys. So right now we have the Jaguars on the clock. And I guess we're going to gonna hear each of your picks. So with the number one pick in the 2022 NFL draft, you have the, the Jacksonville Jaguars selecting who at number one? I am not even wasting any time. I am drying up and I am taking Aiden Hutchinson. There's, I mean, I'm going edge. I mean, they, they franchise Cam Robinson. They already did some move. I did a move for another significant uh, O-line player. Um, Sheriff, so I, yeah, Brandon Sheriff. Mm -hmm. um, I am, I, so I, I, I think they're going edge. Um, and I, because of the questions of Thibodeau, I think that they are going to play it safe mm -hmm. and go with Hutchinson. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, you, Rick? Yeah, agreed. That one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and now with the number two overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the Detroit Lions are on the clock. And who do you have them picking, Ricky? Well, if I had a cup of Darren Campbell coffee right now, I would be just <laughs> as charged up and erratic as he is. The Detroit Lions were the second worst team in the NFL in pressure rate. Only behind the Atlanta Falcons. Therefore, last year they used their picks to select uh, Penisul and Amaros and Brown. They, they, they dealt with the offensive side. This year I have them going edge as well, so double-edged sword to start a draft. Kevon Thibodeau, despite all of the talk, <laughs> I think he will have, and Mark talked about this, I think he will have a pro day. A player okay. that is that arrogant and that full of himself, he must have a plan in terms of his pro day to shine and move right back up the board. So I'm predicting that his pro day will leave the, the scout salivating. And I have Kevon Thibodeau, University of Oregon Ducks, going to the Detroit Lions pick number two. All right. Over to you, AJ. Uh, so, so Mark, that's... You at number two, the Jack, um, not Jackson, the Jaguar, sorry. The Detroit Lions were at number two, mm -hmm. and they're on the clock. So, Mark, who's your pick for the Lions at number two? No, no, I just did the Lions. So, Mark and do Houston. Oh, so we just alternated? Okay. Yeah, okay. alternated picks. Alternated. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, number three, I'm sorry. So, it's the Houston Texans? Yeah. All right, so the Texans are now on the clock. Uh, and another top five pick for the Texans. Mark, who do you have going to the Texans at number three? Yeah, the Texans need everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I you know the Texans can take anybody or anything I mean they need offensive tackle they need edge but the two given that the two top edge guys are off and there's a little fall off after that um, I am going to go with Dramatic Evan Neal. <laughs> Evan Neal. I'm going to go with Evan Neal. I thought, I mean, I, and the reason why I'm going with Evan Neal is because of his position versatility. Um, he, he, he's played both left and right tackle. He even played left guard. And, and, I, and given the needs of the Texans, I say, let's give them as much flexibility as possible. Let me get, let me get Evan Neal. All right. So no, Ricky. Your Jets are on the clock. And as I said, they have four picks in the first two rounds of this draft. So with the Jets' first pick in the 2022 draft, the Jets are selecting. 
Yep, I this one gonna have me if this plays out like this on the night, it can be in my feelings for sure. Um, <laughs> my head is telling me that the Jets are going to still go, um, with an edge because they need it, and pass is a key part of what Robert Sala wants to do. I agree that the best two are gone, but I suspect the Jets may tell themselves, Look, I still need an edge rusher. And if you go based on the tea leaves, I think Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State would be the third in the pecking order. One can argue they don't need to take him out at four, but one can also argue if you don't take him at four and you need an edge to create a pass rush, you may not get him at 10. So I've got Jermaine Johnson, um, edge from Florida State, going to the New York Jets at number four. All right, so now we're at the blue half of New York. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here we go, Mark. These are your boys. Well, look Number at this. five pick look, in the 2022. Look at how this happened. <laughs> look how, look how Iquanu, look how Icky just fell into my lap. Uh, I am going to take him. I'm not even taking a call. I'm just going to get him. <laughs> Forget it. I need I need O-line so badly is ridiculous. I have one starter, one starter. <laughs> I need I need to do a a, a a Kansas City Chiefs. Get four new starters. Mm. So mm. We, we just um free agency, we just brought in a couple. We brought actually brought in three O-linemen, but but two most most likely could start. Um, one is certainly definitely going to start. So I need a tackle. I'm getting uh, Iquanu. Okay. So now, Ricky, on the clock at number six right now is the Carolina Panthers. Now, you know the <laughs> Carolina Panthers, they are actively shopping for a quarterback. So what happens with the Panthers at number six? Yes, my, my prediction on the night, April 28th, this will not be the Panthers. This will be the Houston Texans because the Panthers would have mortgaged some of their future to get one Deshaun Watson. So my prediction is that we pick number six on that night. This is the Houston Texans selecting one Kyle Hamilton, safety, University of Notre Dame. Okay. Well, you know, the, the Texans, they just lost their safety, Eric Reed. He exactly. is, I'm, I'm trying to remember where they said he was going, but I know he's definitely out of the Lone Star State for sure. Correct. More reason why I think if this trade happens and the Texans get Carolinas for his wrong pick, that they go with Hamilton at safety. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. I, that's a good one. I, I think Texans are going to, I mean, the Panthers are going to win that Deshaun Watson race. I think so. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Um, so, Mark, your, your New York football giants are back at number seven um, with the seventh pick in that they acquired in a trade with the Bears, right? Uh, a trade with the Bears. So, who you have going at number seven, Mark? Well, that trade was so sweet. I'm just going to go <laughs> run up and I'm going to get my sauce. I'm going to get Sauce Gardner, the first corner off the board. And that's who I'm taking. Gardner. I don't even know that name, honestly. Yeah, Mad Gardner. Cornerback from Cincinnati. Cincinnati, okay. Yeah, cornerback. Nice. Soft Gardner. <laughs> no, I'm not going to lie. If you guys were to start calling the names of, guys, of players or people from Sesame Street, 
I would not know the difference. <laughs> I, appre- okay. I appreciate I appreciate the insight though. So <laughs> now back in my division, the Atlanta Falcons, they are currently sitting at number eight. So Ricky, the Falcons are on the clock. Who are they picking? Like I said earlier, two of the worst teams in pressure rate in the league are the Detroit Lions and the Atlanta Falcons. So this one should be fairly easy from the same state. Trayvon Walker, Edge, Georgia Bulldogs, stays in Georgia to play for the Atlanta Falcons. And Lord knows the Falcons need it. (laughs) All right. So where we at? Number nine now. Mm -hmm. And all right. So. And now we have the Seahawks in this position at nine. Due to that Russell Wilson trade, they acquired this pick from the Denver Broncos. So, Mark, we're at, you know, the Seahawks are on the clock. Who do you have them taking at number nine? Yeah, this is a difficult one because um, you have a situation where you have a 70-year-old coach, even though he's quite sprightly as a 70-year-old coach. But you have a 70-year-old coach literally... I mean, they get, I mean, they just let Russell Wilson go. It's like starting all over again. And I'm thinking, is he really going to start all over again? And I'm not hearing that they're in anybody's sweepstakes to get anybody. So it makes it very interesting. So I'm going to take a project. I'm going to take Malik Willis. That's what I'm going to take. Awful. Wow. Man was going to make more shit <laughs> <laughs> well, Ricky, now you're definitely in the place of the um of yes. the Isaacs because yes. when these things happen, they have to make a pivot. They have to figure out what they're going to do then. So now that we had um Seattle taking the quarterback, now the Seattle Seahawks, their pick was dealt to the Jets prior to this draft. <laughs> So, at number 10, the New York Jets are on the clock and they are selecting. And with the 10th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Drake London, wide receiver, USC. Um, Six foot three or four, depending on whose measurables you believe. Um, They give Zach Wilson a big end zone target to go along with TJ Uzama, um, who we um, secured yesterday. So, two big targets. For the young QB, um, I I think they will go Drake London. And let me just say, even though a lot of draft boards will have Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, Garrett Wilson is similar in stature to Elijah Moore, who we took last year. I don't see the Jets taking basically two slot receivers. I think they go big for an outside receiver, and that's why I think Drake London would be the pick at position 10. All right. So at number 11, my last hometown, <laughs> Washington, the football team know the commanders. They're on the clock. Mark, what do you got for me? Who are the football team taking at 11, the 11th pick of the 2022 draft? Well, they, they, they've, they, they kind of changed their fortune a little bit. They've got now Carson Wentz. Now, whether they view him as a long-term prospect or even a bridge prospect, do, do they pick a, a, a QB? I don't think they pick a QB this year. I really don't. I think they're looking to the next draft. Um, but I do think they could do with another wide receiver. So I'm going with Jameson Williams. 
right. So now from the capital, we headed over into Skull Country. The Minnesota Vikings at number 12. They are on the clock and in the 2022 draft, they select Eric Stingley, cornerback, LSU Tigers. He was easily the highest rated quarterback, uh, cornerback, sorry, before this process, but injuries and a lot of uncertainty allowed others to move up. So I think the Vikings play it safe. They know they need help in that secondary playing in that division. And they go for Derek Stingley, LSU cornerback. All right. With the 13th pick, we're heading to the north and the Cleveland Browns. The ever, the ever exciting Cleveland Browns have the 13th pick in this year's draft. So, Mark, with the 13th pick, the 22-22 NFL draft, the Cleveland Browns select... They, you would think that they might want, they just let go a receiver. Um, but I don't think, I don't think that, that yeah, that's true. Um, but I think there are, uh, they, 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 they franchise um, um, the other, Najoku, no, no that's his name, right? Yeah, Najoku. Tight end. Yeah, tight end. So I am thinking, though, that they need to pair up with um, what's his name, Garrett. So I'm mm -hmm. going with David Ajabo Edge from Michigan. A lot of defensive players come off of this board. Yeah, boy. Yeah, this draft rich and Edge is rich in offensive linemen. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. All right, so staying in the north, now we move to the team that was expected to be the best team in the division, and, you know, they kind of fell off the cliff. So the Baltimore Ravens are selecting at 14, and, Ricky, they are selecting? Uh, they are selecting Devontae Wyatt, another one of these Georgia Bulldogs defensive players. This is very much a Ravens-type pick where your defense got murdered last season so you start to work on it you get marcus williams from the saints today and then you go right back at it again with Devonte wyatt georgia very very good player he is one that when you watch you will see he he is one i think will become a a pros pro very very good defensive player all right and at number 15 so another one of my hometowns Philadelphia, <laughs> the first of their multiple first-round picks. Um, this one acquired through a trade with the Miami Dolphins. So at 15, Mark, Mr. Thompson, who do you have the Eagles taking with the 15th pick? Andrew Booth. They need a cornerback. They need a cornerback mm -hmm. badly. And um, then they need to bolster that. So I'm going. But they got three picks here close together. So I can start the ball rolling with the cornerback, Andrew Booth. <laughs> well, you said they have three pits close together. They have two pits back to back because 16, <laughs> they're they're right back there again. So, uh, Ricky, who do the they pick with the pick that they got, the 16th pick from the Indianapolis Colts? University of Arkansas wide receiver Trey Longberg's reason being they have two undersized wide receivers right now, um, in Jalen Rager and Devontae Smith. They need, again, Jalen Hurts will need 
a large target to go to can't only look towards his tight end. All the time for Trey Longbergs, wide receiver, Arkansas. Right. Ooh. At number 17, heading out west, uh, team that barely missed out on the playoffs because, because of a coach's timeout. <laughs> it's the, L, the LA Chargers. They're, they have the 17th pick. So, Mark, we're back at you. Who are the LA Chargers taking with the 17th pick in the 2022 draft? Right. So, they, they, I, I, I'm trying to remember, and you might have to help me, Ricky. Did the, the, the Chargers not pick up a uh, free agency, uh, uh, lineman? Already? No, they did not. They did not pick up an O-lineman? Mm -mm. I thought that they did. I don't know why I thought. Uh, O-lineman? Well, okay. Let me yeah. see. No, no, no. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure. Sure. They had cornerback. Yeah. But they need they need, they need an O-lineman. They need cornerback. Right. And they, need they had two defensive players. They got um, Jackson from the Patriots. Yes, cornerback. Yeah, so I yeah, I remember yeah, that. Corner, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's probably they didn't. So they don't need that. So yeah. I was thinking it's either going to be old lineman or interior defensive lineman is mm -hmm. where where I'm going. Um, they do need help on the old line, um, but they more it's more tackle that they need. Um, and so I am really really thinking about penning or cross. Or Jordan Davis. Mm -hmm. so, so I am going to go with, and the way, the way how they run their offense, I'm going to go with Charles Cross. Very good. That was the correct answer, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ricky. So now, my Saints, my New Orleans Saints are on the clock at number mm -hmm. 18. Now, I actually disagree with you. In mm -hmm. terms of the sweepstakes for Deshaun Watson, because I actually believe that my Saints, and I heard it reported as well, that my Saints currently are sitting in the box seat to get Deshaun. So you're in the so, driver's seat, sir, or the passenger seat? But there are I'm, two seats in the front of the vehicle. Well, from, from what I've been hearing, that we are in the driver's seat, that we are ahead of the Carolina Panthers. That's you know what? the price. Of, you know the price of gas going up all over the world, sir. And you don't got enough gas money. No, the problem <laughs> is that I have, I have enough futures that I can trade. <laughs> I just don't have, I, I the futures that I can give away at this point in time will well help played, me sir. to catch up well where played. the gas is concerned. But you anyhow, <laughs> anyhow, there as we are. Going according to your board, you had mm -hmm. the Deshaun Watson going to Carolina. Right. Who are the Saints picking at number 18? This one, this one was a challenge for me because the Saints are one of those teams that have a lot of talent. So when I started to see the certainly when I saw the the, the missing safety today. I was tempted, but I couldn't find someone that would be justified with the Saints taking them in this position. So, since this particular player is falling down the board and I still know it's a need for the Saints, I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson, wide receiver at the Ohio State University. Tested well. Some pundits have him as the best uh, rated wide receiver of this class. 
And we know that the Saints cannot find themselves in a position saying we are one receiver short again. So Correct. I'm going with Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. Well, if we have a first-round pick, yes. that I'm, they better spend it on a wide receiver. Agreed. That's all I'm going to say. Agreed. All right. Makes sense. Um, so number 19, here we go. Um, they should wrap up the Eagles' first-round picks. So the Eagles are back at 19 for the third time in this round. Mark, this is you, the Eagles' second um, this is your second selection of the Eagles picks for this round. Who do you have them taking at 19? It's ironic because the Eagles have three first-round picks this year alone. This should be the driver's seat for Deshaun Watson, but Deshaun Watson doesn't want to go there. So I hope, but I hope, Ken, I hope you're right. And I hope at the end of the day that the Panthers don't leave the Saints like this. Okay? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um... So anyway, Eagles, um, I am going to, they need interior, they need to, I, even though they've had good offensive line, they still need to refresh there. So I'm going with Zion Johnson. Okay. And that, so, and he's also very versatile. Um, Kelsey, he's coming back for a year, but he may, he may, um, he may leave next year. This guy can play center as well. So I'm going to go with him. All right, so now another team that has a lot of needs and not quite seeing how they're addressing all of them so far in this free agency, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers are picking at number 20, and with the 20th pick of the 2022 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select... Kenny Pickett, quarterback, University of Pittsburgh. The stars align. University of Pittsburgh, his name is Pickett. He should be the pick, and they need a mobile quarterback based on what um, Coach Tomlin has said, he provides them with that mobility. Hmm. That's an interesting pick for sure. It is. All right. No, this is this is where I am most interested. <laughs> right? Mark Kennedy to give me something good here because I know this that this team needs a lot. You know it too. We all know it, right? <laughs> My Patriots are, are at 21. Um I feel like this is the highest we've drafted in a while, boy. Um, Moving in, <laughs> I know, right? I know. But at, with the 21st pick in this draft, this year's draft, Mark, let me hear who you have my parts taking with our first pick in 2022. Well, I mean, you know, Jackson is gone. So, I mean, you need a corner for sure. But you just created another hole by trading... Um, by trading what's his face, uh, Shaq Mason, your guard for a fifth know. round pick. When yes. Did that, when did that happen? I didn't even know that just, happened. Just happened. It, that Jack, Shaq Mason um, gone to, uh, who is it, for a fifth rounder too. I'm like shocked. A fifth rounder? I am totally shocked. Um, it was, um, who is it? Oh, shoot. Is it? Is it Denver? I think it's Denver. No, no, no. Yeah, Mason was traded to the Buccaneers. Buccaneers, Buccaneers. There you go. Because right, Buccaneers. Because because um, and Buccaneers definitely need guard. Because I mean, uh, Marpet has uh has, has retired, and then mm. and then one of the guys signing someplace else. So yeah, they, Alex Kappa just went to. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, fifth round pick. Okay, all right. Anyway, but 
having said oh, that, boy. I'm gonna given how, how Bill does things, I'm going with Trent McDuffie. Cornerback. Corner? Washington. Okay. Cornerback, yeah. Yeah, he's good. I've, no, no, no! Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking your word on it. I know this is the position that we need. You say we just lost one, but don't forget we also just let go um Stefan Gilmore as well. So yes, we yes, are yes. very thin in the position. So I, I, I take that point. It makes sense to me. Yeah. All right. So now we have the Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders are on the clock at number twenty-two, and with the twenty-second pick of the NFL draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select. Offensive lineman, Kenyon Green, Texas A&M. One of my sleepers in this draft. Lord knows they need it. Um, I know the Raiders have this obsession with going wide receiver. A lot of pundits are thinking, well, they just go back to wide receiver well again. Mm -hmm. But in that division, with all that the Chargers have done and the Broncos have done, I think the Raiders go back to fixing the trenches first. And this draft is deep enough in wide receiver talent that they can get a good receiver in the second round. All right. That seemingly makes sense. It does. It does. Um, so <laughs> we're at we're at 23. Um, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. So, Mark, the Cardinals are on the board for the first time tonight. Who do you have them selecting with the 23rd overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft? They need um, corner. They need edge. They also need running back as well. Um, other main needs, I would say. Maybe even a tight end for that matter. Um, but this is way too early for tight ends in this draft. Way too early. Um, I am going edge. And I'm between George Karlaftis and Boye Mafé. I think why my face are moving up the board. I'm gonna go with him. I like his traits. Boy Mafe. You like from him too? Where? He's from where? He's from Minnesota. Minnesota, okay. Yeah. Good. That was Arizona, right? Yep. Yes, it was. So All now right. we're over to AJ's hometown, his current hometown, Sinaso. You know, he's been doing a complete tour of the NFC East. <laughs> um, the Dallas Cowboys with the twenty-fourth pick of the twenty twenty-two draft, they select. Bernard Raymond, Central Michigan, they got to fix that offensive line. One of the funny things about the NFL is that the Dallas line has been eroding. Um, obviously, Zeke and, and the run game, they're getting all the blame. But the line has been eroding. I believe Lyle Collins could be released in the next day or two because they were not able to find a trade partner there. So they have to address that offensive line. I think this one is, he didn't test well at the combine, but Again, come back to the example Mark gave earlier. He he's looks good on film, and this is the rumor that keeps being stuck to Dallas to the first round. So they have to address the offensive line. Hmm. Um, interesting that you're going with him. He is, yeah, he's good. Um, he's good. I got him. Yeah, he's good. But and, but there's somebody who's who hasn't been picked yet. Are you actually? I mean, so I, if you can go there or not. Uh, well, so, well, let me see if you will. So we're at 25 now and we're back in in, in my division. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so the no two-time defending AFC East champs, the Buffalo Bills, they're on the clock and 
They have the 25th pick. So, Mark, where are the Bills going? What direction do the Bills go with their first pick in right. this draft? Right. The Bills are in a bit of a... They, they don't... O-line hasn't really been something that... But I think it's kind of a sneaky need for them because they might let Daryl Williams go. The right tackle. I'm not sure what's happening there. Um, so they may decide to go into draft. So I, and and you and they'd like to also. They like to look at their big. So they they deal with the trenches for sure. They do, they deal with the mm -hmm. trenches. So to me, it's either the offensive line or the interior defensive line. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go offensive line because I want to make sure that I'm protecting my quarterback. So I'm going with Trevor Penning. Nasty, nasty, yeah, yeah. Surprised that he fell this far, but yeah, yeah. That that fits them. That fits their their DNA. Mm -hmm. All right. So now with the twenty-sixth pick, we have the two-time number one seed of the <laughs> AFC, who have not advanced any further than where they started. So with the twenty-sixth pick, the Tennessee Titans are selecting. Taylor Lindebaum, center. Another team that needs to address the offensive line. Another team that get that was exposed in playoff time because of offensive line issues. Uh, so I think they address that starting in the middle and trying to work out. Okay. All right, and. We're at number 27, and the team that was ousted from the top, um, the Bucks, who we didn't even get to touch on. Well, not in any great deal, but they now have a quarterback. They know they've, they've gotten back a quarterback for this season. So, Mark, does that change their draft? And if so, who are they taking with the 27th pick? It absolutely changes their draft because... I mean, even though they, they need, they do need offensive line, I am not going to go here offensive line. I am really, they, they, they actually lack another wide receiver down the stretch. So I am going to go with uh, Chris Olive, um, Ohio State. Huh? I say here, you know. <laughs> you, you like that one? <laughs> yeah, Chris, Chris Olave fits them. Um, let's also remember that um, they have a situation where Chris Godwin yeah. um, is out with an injury that could cost him four to six weeks right. of the season. Yeah. So if they're not careful and teams jump on them, they could get a very grumpy Tom Brady to start the year. So I think they have to go wide receiver here. Um, and make sure that Brady has his weapons because you know if Brady doesn't have his weapons it's not going to be a pretty start to the season and Gronk needs to make his damn mind too actually so. well, I mean if Brady decides that you know he doesn't like what's happening the worst that he can do is retire again <laughs> <laughs> he won't put yeah. a Vontae Davis though he'll, he'll, he'll at least see out the season agreed agreed all right, so now we go from one grumpy old man to another. Green Bay Packers. <laughs> they are on... You see where this man is not, Molly. Uh... 
Green yeah, Bay Packers are 28. Who are they this, picking? Yeah, this week gave me something this because again, this is another team where we always say they need another wide receiver. Um, we say that about this team, we say that about Kansas City, we say that about New England. Mm. Um, all perennial playoff teams. I believe this team needs a wide receiver. The wide receiver I thought they would get is off the board. <laughs> therefore, I wonder I, who that was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So there, therefore, I'm actually in a situation now where I'm looking at a wide receiver that I know is moving up. I mentioned him earlier, Christian Watson. I knew that's who you're going with. He, I knew that's who you're going well with. That he's, he's one that can sneak into the first round. I think he was always a day two wide receiver, but he dominated the senior bowl, dominated the draft. So I have Christian Watson moving up into the first round to the Green Bay Packers. But he suits he suits them too. He's a bigger body type, and uh, you know I and think he suits them. them more person because let's be real, Devontae Adams drew a lot of the line in the sand after seeing. Mm-hmm that Christian Kirk contract. So you ain't getting Devontae Adams on the field unless you find someone. They're going, they're going, to, they're going to, uh, they, they're going to sort him out. Huh? Uh, <laughs> Rogers, Rogers left enough on the table there to sort out his, his boy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So we're at number 29 and here we go back to the AFC East and the Miami Dolphins. There's been a lot to say about them recently, but no, we'll just keep it to the draft board. At 29, the Dolphins, this is the first time they're on the board, if I remember correctly. Don't remember them yes. being... Yes, because they traded away their first pick. They traded. There we go. Um, so, Mark, here yes, we are. Sir. Who do we have the Dolphins taking with their first pick of this draft at 29? Yeah, um, it's interesting. I... <sighs> You don't know this new coach. I'm not sure what he's. I, I don't know. I don't know what, he, what he's about. I have no idea what he's about. <laughs> but um, so I do think though that um, they need to. I they need to sort out their defense. They need to sort out their linebacking core. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with. Um, I mean, they got a lot of needs, but I, I, I'm going to go there. And knowing that, I think that from the players, I mean, like if I look at wide receiver and running back and uh, offensive tackle, edge and linebacker, I think the best player on the board is someone that has dropped far down. And I'm going to go with um, Devin Lloyd. <laughs> I was thinking the Kobe Dean, but I'm going to go with Devin Lloyd. All right, so now with the 30th pick of the draft, we're getting close to the end. We have the Kansas City Chiefs, the champions of the AFC West for the last, almost feels like forever. So with the 30th pick of the 2022 draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select. Brees Hall, running back. This one will be an upset because I don't think any of these running backs are rated to go in the first round. Um, brief thoughts here. I don't think the Chiefs are happy with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And I think that the Chiefs are the kind of team that if they're not happy with Clyde Edwards Hilaire, feel that he's had enough time, would move up and take the highest rated running back in this draft, which is Brees Hall. So I have Brees Hall upsetting the Apple cart late on the night of the 28th of April and actually going in the first round to the Kansas City Chiefs. 
That is interesting. Um, interesting take, yeah. All right, so we're at 31. And who would have thunk it? The Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> <laughs> coming in, holding up the rear. Now, interestingly enough, right? I won't lie, last year, the Bengals had what? It was the fourth or fifth pick. Some, it was something really high, right? Yeah. And a lot of draft boards were protect, um, projecting that they were going to take Penny Sewell to the point where I started to believe that they were going to take Penny Sewell as well, right? When they picked Jamar Chase, I was a little bit surprised, but I was like, you know what? I kind of get it. And that was a common theme last year with, you know, reuniting college buddies. So, right. um, now the Bengals, obviously, they still have some other needs. So, Mark, where do you have them going with their first pick of this draft at number 31? I'll give you a hint. It's not O-line. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they can get what they need a little further down. But I'm going to go with Kair Elam, cornerback. They definitely need to shore up their secondary. They need to get rid of that fellow who was once a giant. Listen, these men roast Eli Apple for consecutive weeks on this show during the playoffs. Man. Oh. Okay, he deserve it. He deserve it. <laughs> Oh boy, he is something. He was something else when he was. Oh, he's something. But else. no, so Mark, if you take Sauce Gardner, you should resign Eli Apple, so you have Apple Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> well played, well played, indeed. Love so, it. So, so, yeah. Oh boy, that Apple Sauce though ain't got no kind of um, preservatives in it. It can go bad in no time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not. So have, I'm, I, I'm I not Yep, we have yeah. the champion LA Rams who don't care anything about picks at all. They've traded away <laughs> their first round pick until Jesus comes. So we <laughs> are looking at them with the Detroit Lions, who now have their second pick in the first round. And for to close out the first round, the Detroit Lions select Zion Johnson, guard. Um, no, no, he went with Eagles. He went. Yeah. Okay. Eagles. Can yes. I get Can I get Tyler Smith then, sir? You could get Tyler Smith. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he good. And he's yeah. He good. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler, Tyler Smith. I I think he's a little high, but I but yeah. he good. Huh? I think he's a little high, but he's yeah, good. Tyler Smith or the Tulsa to close it off because they they still have to address that offensive line. Okay. Okay. They definitely mm -hmm. have to address that for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, right. yeah. How was that, gentlemen? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna need a copy of these, these notes, guys. It'll, it'll probably help me to knowing how to um, when I going into the fantasy season, knowing You're how right. to approach. Because, because when when Ricky now make that remark about these men not being satisfied with, with Clyde Edwards in there, I, I like I pick up this man in about three leagues last year, you know. Listen. <laughs> That's how I learned it from the school of hard knocks, realizing, you know what? Sometimes doing a player for, and I saw it from Mahon's body language too. I remember, mm -hmm. I remember watching a game. Mahon's body language towards Edwards Hilaire was not good at all. It was like, you see, he, he, he on the clock now. Mm. I remember, um, what's his name? Um, the guy who, 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 who's all been a good running back, but injured a lot. What was his name? The backup running back. For, Jerry McKinnon? Jerry yeah, McKinnon. 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 Yeah, McKinnon. McKinnon showed him up. Yeah, and he got a lot he of did. playoff run. McKinnon yeah, got a lot. Yeah, McKinnon showed him up. 
So, yeah. that, but that's for Dish, though. I was surprised when they picked him at pick 32 that year in the mm. first place. Anyway, but anyway, but um, you got like, I mean, you got five teams here that don't have for any any first round picks. 49ers, Bears, Broncos, Colts, Rams. Rams don't care at all. Yep. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, anyway. the, picks are just trade capital. Exactly. They, they, they give away the farm. And then they won the big one. So that's all they care about. Exactly. Uh, but, Rick, before, sorry, Ken, before I feel the need, like, I feel I need to mention this right now, right? While we were going through the draft, I noticed Adam Schefter retweeting a statement released from the one Baker Mayfield himself, right? Oh, dear. Essentially addressing fans and saying that he said, what that, I, I don't want to read the entire thing, but he said, this is not a message with a hidden meaning. This is strictly to thank the city of Cleveland for embracing my family and me. We have made many memories. Uh, essentially, he said, I have no clue what happens next, which is the, the meaning silence I've had during the duration of this process. The reason why I want to bring this up now is because, well, I, again, while this draft was going on, Ricky sent me an image, um, basically I, I, talking about Deshaun Watson's situation and saying that Houston has approved trade packages with the Saints, Panthers, and Browns. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I, I just found I it very because I did not know that the Browns I didn't were in see the I didn't see the chef the thing ages. Yeah, it, it happened. You, right, I, I was I was actually reading that right before you sent you sent that. So I'm wondering wow. you know, if Baker already knows something. Like if they've already told him. That is that is just an interesting well, development. If, if it happens, Justin, Justin Marvel will feel like a king because Justin told me two days ago mm -hmm. that he feel that the Browns can get him and that they can get rid of Baker for Watson. And I told him that he need to stop drinking so early in the week. So if that proves to be right, he can parade on me. If that happens, we have to have both of you back. <laughs> I had heard, I heard that um, that the Browns were going to get in the mix. I was listening to, I think it was, it might have been, um, what's the guy there on NFL, Daniel Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. I think I heard him say, well, they're not in the mix, but they should be in the mix or something of that effect. So I guess they got, and then I heard they were in the mix. So when I hear that, so now based on what you're saying, it's very possible because the Browns have a good team. The irony, though, if you ever hear Ken and AJ go back and forth on Baker Mayfield, he's easily one of the most polarizing quarterbacks on this show last season. Easily. I, I, I don't even know if there's a quarterback that was more polarizing over the course of the season than him. So that would tell nah, you. It was it was definitely him, but I feel like them polar caps melting on my side. <laughs> <laughs> well, he yep. did, once becomes irrelevant, hey, once OBJ went on to show what he did at the Rams, the Baker defenders just was laid down their laid down their weapons and said, "All right, that's it." It Can't was it was it was happening over time for me. But you know what was the? I heard one quote that essentially summed up Baker that, that after that I had no, and this wasn't from Ken, but it was from, it was either ESPN, one of the other major outlets. But someone said that the issue with Baker is not that his ceiling is low, but is that his floor is not level. You could appreciate that one. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I, I don't even know how to retort. Like that that makes perfect sense because that is essentially what the issue is. Because we, we spent so much time debating on how high his ceiling is, how good he can be. But the reality is that 
Well, just not consistent enough. So yeah, that and then he tried, he tried to throw. Um, he tried to to throw the head coach under the bus with the player calling. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you see your QB going that route after the same head coach was lauded the year before, yeah, I knew something. I knew something was up because. Danny wrote to go, Baker. Danny wrote to go. I, I would have rather Baker said, look, I was carrying an injury that nobody knew. And you might buy another year if that were the case, you know? Mm-hmm. But I don't know where he was going to buy that year from because as long as Deshaun Watson is available, <laughs> he will have to be shopping in some other supermarket in some other city. Now, I feel good to see that the Saints are in the mix still, but it is... Until I hear for sure that Deshaun Watson is coming to the Saints, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. I am still keeping in the back of my mind that James Winston is most likely going to be my starting quarterback because it can't, it really can't be anybody else. Now, I believe that that is a great spot for us to land this week's episode for the Green Bay's podcast. Of course, as you guys have made your picks, I'm very interested to see what happens. I know there are others out there who may be hearing and listening and watching and consider themselves to be draft experts as well. So please send us your picks as well because then that will actually give me a reason to watch the first round of the draft because generally speaking, (laughs) I don't watch it. I just wait to see what the breakdown is the next day. So we want to definitely thank you, Mark, for your insight, for coming on with us today and sharing with us your process and how you perceive, how you perceive the draft to go for the first round. Ricky, as always, it's a pleasure to have you. We will definitely have you guys back right after the draft so that we can then recap and see exactly what happened, who did what, who made what ch- trades. AJ will probably be complaining again about Bill and whoever he picked. I'm hoping I don't have a first round pick. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's all I'm going to say about that at this point. So, AJ, you said this week you're going to have an accurate or not that's coming back this this week. Yes, sir. There's there's been a little more activity and it's been related to some discussions that we've had, whether on the show or even in one of our chats. But I've been formulating the list, so I actually have something for this week. All righty, perfect. Most likely that might be over the weekend, though, and not on Friday. Okay. Probably on Sunday, yeah. Okay, no problem. And, of course, you know, last week we did mention that we were most likely going to go live when I had mm-hmm. made mention of the Tom Brady has the best resume in sports. But with Brady now returning, his resume is incomplete. Therefore, yeah. we will have to shelve that for the time being. We have m- plenty of time. <laughs> to get into that down the road indeed so thank you everyone for being with us again for another edition of the green beige podcast as always that is aj he is the green i am ken i am the beige and we will see you next time